This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, Make sure to subscribe, but enough of that, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast, an Easter special here, myself and Naif, recording after the Good Friday draw with Solihull Moors, and we'll look ahead to the Easter Monday clash with Ultragum as well. Nafe, you held the fort on your own last week. I was hoping that the podcast would really drop off in quality when I wasn't there. That it'd almost be like Luke Young. I could almost prove I was wasn't the scapegoat and that really missed me when I wasn't there. But a really good pod. Yeah, how was it? Rich, we I always miss you when you're not there. And you were sunning it up in Greece. Uh, it looked like you had to have a whale of a time. I was very jealous. But no, it was fine, wasn't it? It was I even got a very nice message from your dad, which was among the emails. Email us robryanred at gmail.com. Got lots of very nice emails actually about me being solo and a few jibes about maybe some people digging you out uh, a little bit. But no, it was good and it was great to have Simon on, um, BBC Wales commentator Simon Davis. Uh, who else did we have on level playing field we got on? Um, can't even think who else was there. Mr. Cows. I've got Tommy Cows on and he was a little bit unhappy about his dance off in the turf. Yeah, about his dance off in the turf. He wasn't very happy, mate. I hadn't given the, I hadn't given the rights. He's a big star now, Tommy Cows. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was really good, and and thanks for all the support on that. I was actually really surprised by the amount of people that listened to that one compared to some of the others. So yeah, big thanks to that, and go back and listen if you want to kind of relive that Stockport FA Trophy game, and we'll get on later in the show to, to FA Trophy and ticketing, and there's loads to get into. But Rich, we were both there today. You were in the tech end. I was down in the paddock. Solly Hall before the game, we were we were a little bit jittery, weren't we? But in the end, it was a hell of a game. Good contest from both. Yeah, and it's one of those matches where, ask me before kickoff, would I have taken a point? I absolutely would have. I think that Solly Hall Moors are a team who maybe don't actually get the respect that they deserve in this league. Um, Paul Mullins tweeted after the game that it was a frustrating performance. We certainly were the better team. It was a huge compliment to us that Solly Hall were so defensive and looking to time waste from about the 10th minute, really, you know, their keeper boot was really getting the uh, warm welcome from the uh, tech end, shall we say. But, you know, Solihull, fourth on the table, 
they're higher than Chesterfield, Notts County, Grimsby, Bolvern Wood. These teams that we, you know, if we got a point against, we'd say, oh, it's a really good point. And I feel like Solihull don't get looked at in the same sort of sort of way, to be honest. I feel that when we draw Solihull today, lots of people are saying, well, it's only Solihull or whatever. They're fourth at the table, three points behind us. Yes, they've played a game more, but I thought it was another performance in which we showed a lot of good character to actually come back. You know, we conceded the goal ourselves in the what was it in the 56th minute and then the 58th minute we scored immediately through Ollie Palmer Joe Sparrow giving them the lead they didn't offer too much more they had a chance in the first half after some sloppy defending a great save from Christian Dibble who was excellent again even with the goal he made a really good save but it was just unfortunate and the luck went, went against us on, on that one but yeah in terms of Solihull I did sort of look ahead of this weekend thinking four points would be a really good return. Obviously, we've got the one point now against Solihull. If we beat Ultragum on Monday, then I think it's been a very good Easter for us. If we were to not get point, not get the three points against Ultragum, then that's when maybe the questions need to need to be asked a bit more. But with Stockport losing, of course, uh, in their game against Grimsby, it meant that the some fans were maybe a bit more critical of us not winning. But I think you just need to look at our game completely on its own, really. And that's how the players are doing it. You know, internally, I think that the talk of the title is almost being pushed to one side because I don't think anyone genuinely may, would believe we will win the league. Obviously, there's always a chance and the pressure's all on Stockport, which is what we're happy to see. But our season is all about finishing as well as we can to get second or third, you know, ideally second, and to go into the playoffs with momentum behind us and to still be the team to beat, the team that nobody else wants to face. I think the Solihull game was was a bit of an off day, but if you're going to have an off day, you might as well have it and still get a point against a team of fourth in the league. I wouldn't be surprised if that is the playoff eliminator we see on June 28th, 29th, whenever it is. I really wouldn't be surprised if, if, if Solihull end up in in that middle bracket you know fifth or what is it fifth or sixth they win that game at home so they finish fifth and then it would be if Wrexham can get second there's a lot of ifs there admittedly in in what I just said but I think these two teams could well meet again we might not have seen the last of Solihull and look they started much stronger didn't they there's no way around it for those that were there or those that watched it they started much stronger than us we we looked lethargic to, to start it off midfield but Jamie Osborne for them just just ran the game. Um, Joe Spar up top was it's an interesting one. I was chatting to people next to me. I went with my mum, dad, and sister for a change, and I actually think that Hayden and Toza might have preferred to have played against Big Kyle Hudlin. Um, you know, I think that that would have been more up their street. I think Joe Spar was like a little Jack Russell, just kind of running around, harrying them, pacing behind Andy Dallas, and, and while they're no slouches they're better in that physical battle I think personally so it was an interesting one and like you say Dibble made an unbelievable save um, when in, when they kind of their three on two Toza gives it away they go through their three on two and Sparrow should score um, it's a really really good save and and in fairness both keepers I thought made really good saves on the day Boot in the second half makes a, a stunning save to, to deny Mullin and and yeah, that looked like it was going in. He made another to, to stop toes at the back post. I thought that was another chance that that looked good. But it, it's one of them, Rich, where I think had Stockport won, people wouldn't maybe be so down on the point. But it does feel like that was that was an opportunity, a big one. And you might get another. Come, you know, Solihull have got to go to Stockport, and they're going to fancy their chances there now. With 
Stockport, you know, in that that one game, they're going to think, are cracks starting to show? Is there an opportunity? So, look, Solihull are, are no mugs whatsoever at all. I, I was of all the teams I've seen this year, they were probably right up there in terms of the opposition teams for sure. Um, they looked a lot more solid than Halifax when we beat them on the TV. Halifax, I thought we dismantled them with a lot more ease. So, but for me, it's a good point, a good point in a good game. And and while people maybe weren't at their peak, at their best. It's inevitable in in a run like this. You we weren't we weren't ever going to go flawless. I don't think. No, exactly. And you speak of players there who had a bit of an off day. Um, Paul Mullen he tweeted himself that he's just straight after the game. Of course, maybe the big talking point from the draw is the the penalty incident. You me Nafe for probably in agreement on this one that it wasn't a dive, but it also wasn't a penalty. Mullen got booked, judged to have dived. I thought it was a stupid decision from the referee. But yeah, I think that it's just, it, it can be not a foul and not a dive. And I think that's exactly what, what we saw there. Um, it did get a bit of debate though, didn't it, on social media? It seemed to divide the fan base quite a bit, particularly the tweet we put out and a bit on the spaces as well. People weren't as convinced, but I think that in the grand scheme of things, we had other chances where we should have done better anyway. And Mullen snatched a few at the back post. He had that one where... They passed it out poorly from the back and he should have played it through to Palmer perhaps, but he went for goal himself. He had a shot from the halfway line in anger at the end of the first half. He had another ambitious effort in the second half when he cut it onto his right and it drifted harmlessly over into the empty cop as well. But like we said as well, Nath, if you're going to have off days, then to still get a point against a team who are in the playoff picture, it's the best time to have that off day, isn't it really? Totally. I, I think on the penalty front, like I said, that... Surprise! Yeah, it did divide opinion. I really did divide opinion on on social media. Somebody shared the replay, and I reshared that at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter. Thanks for all the support on that, by the way. Tipping over four thousand followers in just over a year is brilliant for us, and we really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I I don't know, Rich. I mean, we watch a lot of football higher up where it gets scrutinised on VAR and and all these things. You don't often see sort of free kicks. I, I mean, I don't often see free kicks. Uh, sorry, penalties not given and waved away. It always feels like there has to be some kind of card or, you know... I mean, did Solihull even get a free kick for that yellow card? Did he just get a yellow card and then given a goal kick? I was so confused by that. You know, so low down today in, in the paddock that I, I couldn't really get a good perspective on, on what it was. And, and watching the replay, I'm just not convinced for me. I think he's tried to be clever. And I, like clever strikers do, they leave their leg in. And, and you're looking for the contact. I think there is contact there. I think he, the contact's initiated probably by Mullin. And and I, if that had been on the other side, I would have been very disappointed if that had gone against Dibble. But you've seen him given, for sure. Not for me, but you've seen him given. Yeah, you've seen them given. And I likened it on the Twitter spaces, which we did at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter after the game, that it was sort of what Luis Suarez used to do at Liverpool. There is a bit of contact, but it's initiated by Mullin. Therefore, it's not a dive, but it's also not a foul. So it's just play on. And like I said, if it's anywhere else on the pitch, you do get those just waved on and carries on. Like you said, Mullen was booked. It was just a goal kick then as well. So, yeah, it's it's sort of a... It's, it's probably also been amplified by the fact that it's one of the only major talking points in the game because you can't really go too hard, positive or negative on it because there is the game on Monday. And of course, we will do no podcast next week as well, which will reflect on that Ultragum game as well, so we can give you sort of an update on the on the wider picture and, you know, the events of what might happen at, at Edgeley Park on, on Monday as well. So as things stand, Wrexham second in the table still, seven points off Stockport, having played the same amount of games. We're one point ahead of Halifax in third, but they've played a game more. 
Solihull then are three points behind us. And yeah, there's a bit of a cushion on everyone else then. And they've all played the game more than us. So yeah, if Wrexham can start picking up those wins and we can win that game in hand as well, then we really can sort of get ourselves clear of the chasing pack. And like we said at the start of the podcast, well, Nath, I do think that internally the eyes are just on trying to finish as strong as we can and to, to make sure we get second and we get that home playoff match. And like we said, I put that tweet out on Rob Ryan Red because the playoff final is going to be at the London Stadium, it seems. We've known that for a few weeks. We've not sort of ran with it because sources at the London Stadium and on sort of West Ham side are still saying, you know, it's not been confirmed yet, so don't go too hard on it. But what we understand is the London Stadium looks the most likely venue for the playoff final. And I put a tweet out saying Wrexham versus who? We've got a few uh, pelters on social media. I will take the blame for that. It was just to make the, na- the native look nice, really, why I said Wrexham versus who. But you mentioned their Nafe, Solly Hull. They are oh, probably the team I would dread the most in the playoffs this season, if, if it was to go that way. Yeah, that they would, you know, Boreham would have completely dropped off. I tell you who, I think Grimsby are coming on at the right time. You know, speaking to somebody up there who follows them as a reporter, and I actually had him on the podcast, Elliot Jackson, um, when we, well, when did we play them? I had him on the podcast at some stage. Ollie Palmer's debut, wasn't it? And he was saying they are looking really good. They're coming on. Yeah, that was it. So that they're coming on really good now. They're coming. They're looking really good. And um, you know, they depending on where they land, they could be a really tough out. But I just think Solihull have they've got that mix of um, kind of know how that that nouse that uh, streetwise. You know, they're they're streetwise in the sense of you've got people like Stora, and and they're a big physical team. And you've also got the technical ability of people like Andy Dallas, who's really good up top. Got something like seventeen league goals. Joe Sparrow has got another good haul from midfield, playing as a centre forward today. Um, I think they would be the team I would dread the most. And, and it was interesting, wasn't it? I sent you that, that tweet about Chesterfield saying that Kabonga Shimanga's ready to return to the grass in, in, in training. And I mean, surely he doesn't come back from that injury before the end of the season. It's, it's, it's great hope for their fans. But I mean, if he comes back, that could be a real game changer going into the playoffs. We'll see. But I mean, that could be a real game changer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Paul Muller will be hoping that he can at least equal the goals tally before Shimanga comes back in that case. Of course, Shimanga, the top scorer in the league on 24 goals, and he's missed such a large chunk of it now of that horror injury he got. Mullen, the second highest scorer in the National League with 20. Paddy Madden, third with 19. So, yeah, Nafe, like we said, the the tough thing to sort of analyse from our point of view is that it, this game is so interlinked with, with the match on, on Monday against Altrincham. Mm. In terms of the lineup for that game, obviously today was the same starting lineup for the sixth game in succession. It's such a good thing to have, and I almost gonna have to play devil's advocate here. Would you make any changes? You maybe get a bit too complacent sometimes if you stick the same lineup every week. Teams know what they're coming up against. They know exactly how you're going to play. Or am I just trying to nitpick here? I mean, to have a, a winning formula, surely you do keep a bit. <laughs> It's it's really tricky, isn't it? I I don't, put, you know, personally, I do not think he does change it. I I think Parky goes with what he believes Lane the side is his strongest team. I think that's it. I, I if, if if Bryce is fit or if, if Tom O'Connor's fit, do you, do you get them in there? I mean, Luke Young, man of the match, there wouldn't take him out. James Jones, I thought was industrious. He ran around again, looked lively. Jordan, you're always going to play Jordan if he's fit for me. He wasn't at his best today, and he'll accept that, and he'll admit that himself. But you're always going to play him. Palmer and Mullen 
a Givens. I, I think really it's the it's the wing back positions. You know, do you? I don't think you do. I think you. I think you keep sticking with with who's there, and you know, maybe you freshen up the bench a bit. I don't know. It, it seems like he's got the people he likes on the bench as well. He's got Camp on, and it seems to be between you know Ponzacelli, um, Anger, somebody like that. Very quickly though, Rich, before you sort of maybe give some of your tweaks. Uh, the London final, uh, the London Stadium. If we if we make it that far, yeah, I was kind of um, aware of that as a, as a possibility, and you know, people down at West Ham were uh, urging me to slow down a little bit and 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 not go with it. But I, yeah, I think fair play. That is a, that is a big story, and it's it's tricky for a lot of people. I know the South Wales Reds in particular, and I know a lot of North Walesian Reds as well. Who, if we get there, what time will it be? Will it definitely be at London Stadium. I'm expecting confirmation on that this week, the same day as the Wales game. You know, what time will it be? If it's a midday kickoff, can people get to Cardiff for 6 o'clock or 7.45, whatever it is? It's a could be a hell of a day, that, couldn't it? Wrexham and Wales on the same day. It could be either the best day or the absolute worst. Exactly. And I was also thinking, devil's advocate, imagine if that was the, the game that Jordan Davis and Paul Mullen got called up for Wales for imagine that absolute headache it would be proper club versus country then but like you said there should be a confirmation on the the, the playoff final venue this week as some fans pointed out to me on twitter we've not given up on the league yet and also some fans also said to me we might not get there i've apparently jinxed us losing in the semi-final to Notts county according to a few fans so i apologize if Wrexham don't get promoted it is all on me apparently so anyway but uh we, we shall see on that one it's all our fault apparently mate it's all our fault we need to find another scapegoat, and now that we can't blame Luke Luke, Luke Young because he's putting man of match performances in every week, it's going to have to be the Wrexham podcasters who take the blame. But that's fine. That's fine as long as the the players are able to focus on the matches. And like we said, Altrincham on Monday um, ahead of the weekend as well, ahead of the Solihull game. In fact, Phil Parkinson said that you know Tom O'Connor will be back in contention for the games. Um, he played in the inter squad match during the week. Bryce Hazana is also close to to returning, but Jake Hyde remain sidelined for the foreseeable future and Harry Lennon is out for the rest of the season as we already already knew and yeah and Rob Layton with his wrist injury looks to be out as well for the remainder of the season as well not heard anything else on that you know in terms of maybe either of them returning so yeah they're both out for the for the rest of the season what we've got is is what we've stuck with for the end of the season but in terms of changes I'm not sure there there are any you can really make too much of an argument about I do think that when Hazan is back fit, it would be good to see him at least come off the bench and offer something a bit different to Hall Johnson, who was better with his, his runs forward, I thought, against Solihull, but still looked a bit low on confidence. His delivery into the box was poor at times, and I think that was not just him. It wasn't just him in isolation with poor sort of delivery in the final third. I thought there was a few overhit crosses and real waste of momentum and ra- wasted opportunities, really. A few poor corners as well that were cleared away at the near post, but... Like I said, it is sort of nitpicking because if we beat Altrincham, I won't care about a point against Solly Hallmalls anymore. But yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think that you can make too many changes to the side. It was interesting that McAlinden came on on the right wing-back role for Hall Johnson in the final five minutes. So that's maybe one to look at going forward. But yeah, I think in an ideal world, Parkey will do what he did against Barnett. Hopefully we can be beating Alti with half an hour to go and when you're in a position where Palmer or Mullen can come off and have a bit of a rest because against Solihull, I think mm. that Parkey did want to maybe put Angus on and just 
twist it a bit. I mean, Angus made such a good impact against Dover, of course, in that in that incredible comeback. But you can't take Mullen and Palmer off, can you? Because they are the two the two key men. And you know, if we were to get promoted, we'd arguably already have the best strike force in League Two anyway in Mullen and Palmer. So you can't be taking them off in those sort of situations when the game is so tight, particularly against a team like Solihull. So it's maybe just a, a bit of a debate for, for no reason. Well, one thing, a couple of things I've got to say. Uh, we need to go up, not just because we need to go up, but also I have absolutely no interest in going to Scunthorpe next season. That will firmly bite me on the backside when we have to go to Scunthorpe. But yeah, no interest in going to Scunthorpe. And also uh, the reason I needed you to come back, Rich, from... Well, look like a glorious trip. I mean, if if, if you want to be on commission to get people to go to Greece, I mean, I'm sure you could. It looked very nice, um, and you had your Wrexham beach towel out there, getting good use. Um, yeah, my maths was not very good, or my understanding of legal terms was not very good because, and it was pointed out to me very quickly by uh, one of the listeners, a guy called Mark. So thanks, Mark, for getting in touch on Twitter, Twitter or Facebook, one of the two. And I was talking with Tommy Kaus about getting Parky a new contract. But what I didn't seem to realise, which is why I need you to keep me in check, is that it's a 12-month rolling contract, so he's always got 12 months. So there's no need to go out and have a big debate over, does he need a new contract? He's always got 12 months. So uh, there you go. I'm holding my hands up uh, through... Well, I'm holding my hands up in front of a podcast mic, so I'm looking a little bit silly. Um, I'm sure no one can see me through the window, but if they do, I look like I'm kind of uh, been accosted by somebody. But I'm holding my hands up. I got that wrong. Um so, yeah, no, Parky's, Parky's looking good. And what I would say when I was at the club, Rich, the other week, I'm, I, I'm boring like this. I'm, I'm nerdy and stuff like this. I, I found it very interesting who was car schooling with who. We had a debate a few weeks ago, didn't we, about uh, Mullen and Palmer um, car schooling together. Who do you think Who do you think then partners up? And I'll give you some of the examples. But who do you think would, would make good car schools? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think your defenders all have to come in in the same car together, really. I mean, I know Hayden lives in Riffin, so it's going to be a bit difficult for, t- for that to happen. It's a bit of a, a diversion. I'm guessing he probably comes in by himself. But I think that you need to have the sort of partnerships you have on the pitch, you know, to have that sort of chemistry off it as well. The fact that there's such a Mullen-Palmer bromance is, is brilliant, you know, because they love each other. They're best mates, you know, in terms of the teammates at the moment. And they just, that's so crucial to the way they play as well. All the keepers coming in together, that would be nice as well. Yeah, it's difficult to say. It's difficult to say. I mean, I guess lots of it is logistically. I mean, we talked, I think, was it about Jocelyn Miebe's car school? He's coming from <laughs> Manchester with Jamie Tolley and co. And yeah, I think most of it is geographical, isn't it? Yeah, but what I can tell you that me snooping around the car park after uh, a little trip to the club the other week, sort a few things out, Mullen and Palmer, as we know, uh, Luke Young, Ben Toza, the two captains, the captain's car. The captain's, uh, yeah, the captain's car. They car share together. Um, and what I will say, I will quantify this, is this is them driving from doing their kind of gym work, work like rehab work and all that sort of thing at the stadium to go to training. So not necessarily from home to home, but yeah, young toes are together. Jarvis was on his own in a very nice, I think it was a Range Rover. It was very nice, whatever it was. Brand new, very shiny. Uh, Aaron Hayden was on his own. Um, <laughs> this one made me laugh. Uh, so before, so there was Dibble, Camp, and Brisley. They're in a car together, and then there was Kwame, Thomas, and Resol Johnson, who appeared to be doing rock paper scissors in the car park uh, to to see who drive who would drive the car to training. Um, and I can tell you that I can't remember. I haven't got it written down here who won, but I think Kwame Thomas lost because I think he was driving. So 
Uh, it was a very nice Audi they were driving, but also they didn't do a best of three either. I thought Rock, Paper, Scissors was at least a best of three scenario. Yeah, I always thought, you know, what, it's best of three, surely. Well, so whoever loses the first round always says best of three, don't they? If you <laughs> win, you, don't, you do not advocate the best of three rules. So, yeah, I guess that's a diff- different matter, matter on its own. But interesting, and you mentioned there the holiday to Greece. Let me tell you that being on a Greek island does not make buying Wembley tickets on your mobile phone Ooh. any more better. Uh, any better, sorry. Any more better is awful grammatically. But, um, yeah, it was stressful. I was in a Greek museum on my 4G with, like, half a bar of internet trying to use the Ticketmaster like online app it took me an hour and a half to put my tickets in my basket and then when i went to check out it had only saved one ticket all the others had timed out so i had to try do it again i zoomed in as far as i could it was i was so frustrating i added another four tickets it then refreshed and because the internet was so slow those tickets had just been bought when i was doing it in the end friend of the show james kelly had to log on to my account uh, from from North Wales anyway, and, and buy my tickets for me. So yeah, it took me two hours. I had a breakdown in a Greek museum. <laughs> it was it nearly ruined the holiday. And speaking of things that also ruined the holiday, again, this is a bit of a brag. It is a brag, isn't it? We went. I went for a swim in these hot springs, and the volcanic the volcanic sulfur stained my Wrexham beach towel, so it's now brown. Oh, so wow. that got that, that got one holiday out of it, and it's now ruined. So if anyone wants a, a, a limited edition brown <laughs> Wrexham beach towel, be my guest. <laughs> there that, is one that, here. That sounds all, that, I mean, that sounds awful. What I will say is, normally, you're incredibly... I've, lo- I've known you a long time, Rich, and what I will say is, normally, you're very level-headed. You're very, I'm, I'm usually quite frantic. Um, your missus, was she worried about you? You... you you were texting me very frantically about these tickets. You know, it was this Greek Wi-Fi or Greek 4G even was was not the one for these tickets. I think on mobile, people were having a nightmare. Was she having to calm you down in this museum or you can't speak in these museums? I mean, what was going on? Yeah, it was. Um, so basically, we'd, we'd had a day out to the museum, um, which is like a half an hour bus journey away. I had such a breakdown in the museum that I then went to try to buy the tickets in the car park. It still didn't work. So then I got a half an hour bus back to the hotel to use the Wi-Fi, thinking it was just the 4G that was the problem. Turned out it was actually the web browser that was the problem. So the day out at the museum was ruined. We then got a half an hour bus back to the hotel. Still didn't work. And yeah, James Kelly, friend of the show, bought the tickets for me. So What a hero. What a hero. And what a wasted day out that was. Two hours just gone. I could not tell you what was at the museum. Couldn't tell you what happened. All I know is I was very frustrated. And I was very red and not just because of the sunburn. But that's sorted now. Wembley is on her, on the horizon. I'm very excited about that, Nath. But, you know, it's a bonus, isn't it? Because the priority is the league. And speaking of the league, this is a chat I had a while back. I was doing a feature on Chris Casper, the former Manchester United class of 92 star. Um, of course, he's there with you know David Beckham, Gary Neville, Phil Neville. Paul Scholes, Nicky Burt, Ryan Giggs, you know, the literal class of 92. Chris Casper is a forgotten member maybe of that. He was captain of them um, for, for a period. He also captained England's youngsters when they won the European Under-21 Championship, I believe, in, in the 90s as well. Very highly rated. But now he is the sporting director of Salford City, and that is a role he's held since 2017. And as part of my chat, I just thought, at the end, for a little two-minute question or so, I want to ask him about Wrexham. But primarily, how difficult it was at Salford, because obviously they, they got promoted from the National League North and immediately went up via the playoffs to League Two as well. So I asked Chris Casper what it takes to get promoted and a little bit of advice. Um, this was, I think, back in January, though. I think we maybe just signed 
Ollie Palmer. So a few things are maybe outdated in it. But yeah, a bit of an interesting chat this with Chris Casper about what makes a, a team to get promoted from, from the National League. What would what do you think the key is to, to getting out of the National League? Because it's just, it feels like we've tried every single, but we're like United, it feels like we've tried every single method and we just can't get the success. I think, look, at the end of the day, I think Brexit has been there for the last 10 years or something like that. 14, yeah. 14. Um, which is, I mean, it's a massive club for that level. It's a massive club anyway. It's a big club, is, is Wrexham and, and that. So, I think the, I think the, uh, I suppose the secret guy, so I don't think there's any secret. I think, you know, he's getting a, a real steady um, foundation to, to build from. I think that's, that's really important. Um, and I think that's not just with the first team players. I think, you know, the, the, the club around it and, Support staff around it, and you know, having that, um, having that, uh, that ambition and that um, that vision, really. But it's all right having a vision. We've got to be able. To, you know, how are we going to deliver that? Um, you know, and obviously, the direction we're now got new owners. The back, you know, the back fill. Um, you know, so I think that's that's really important as well. That you've got to have that uh, that backing. Uh, well, and, and we were fortunate, really, I suppose, uh, with all respect to the other clubs, you know, whatever in the uh, in the National League. We went from National League North straight to the National League to League Two in the first year, and I think we were we were we were fortunate, really, in the fact that you know, there were still quite a few part-time clubs in there, or half the team still part-time. With all respect, you know, you look at look at the National League now with know, ex uh, uh, big football league clubs, really ex football league clubs are like Stockport, Chesterfield, Wrexham, uh, Notts County. Um, you know, Halifax were an established league club for a long time. Um, you know, and then you've got some really good, strong competitive teams. You know, like Bor Wood beating Bor uh, Bournemouth today and. Teams that know the league and know how to play in the league. But I think, like I say, we were probably a little bit fortunate. We, there's only, only Leighton Orient, really, uh, we've got that experience. I mean, obviously, Wrexham's still in there, but not got the financial backing of it that we did at the, at the time. And we're always just in and around the playoffs. Like I say, with the backing they've got now, um, it, that's really important to be able to to give the manager the players that uh, that he's looking for but I say it's such a competitive league I mean it's really isn't to, to only have one promotion and obviously the next six play off but to only have one automatic promotion, promotion spot it's probably the most competitive league you could possibly wish for it really is tough and I would say it's a very southern based league which means you'd be travelling you know, it, it's, it takes a lot out of it as well as that sounds. But I think you know, we we would have a we would have an overnight stay. Uh, any team uh, over three hours, you know, any team from Salford that was going to take over three hours to get to, then we would stay overnight. I think there's something like fourteen or fifteen. 
over nice days out of, out of 23. You know, which goes to show the amount of travelling they've got to do. It's, it's really it's physically demanding. It's physically demanding, mentally demanding. You've got the players that you know, we, were, we were fortunate uh, with our recruitment that we've got you know, mentally tough players like Nate Pond, Carl Gianni, Hogan, Lois Maynard, Adam Rooney come down and give us that quality up from from come down from from um, from Aberdeen. Uh, Rory Gaffney had come from Bristol, so been a really good blend of the lads. Mentally were tough and were physically tough, and we had the that, that quality as well that you do need that that bit of quality. And you know, it's uh, it's been a substantial investment, you'd say. You know, the lad Tolza from Cheltenham. Uh, a big investment with the boy, obviously Mullin as well from Cambridge, a good player. Um, so club of obviously like Millers brought some good players in and patient sometimes everybody's trying to get the same same thing and clubs have invested a lot of money as well at the top of the league, so it's gonna to be tough, no question about it. Um I think just having that faith in what you're trying to do and how you're trying to achieve it not get too far ahead of yourself because you know, it's, um, it, it really is a tough league. No question about that. So, Nate, again, I mean, Chris mentioned there that there was a lot of overnight stays for Salford when they were in the National League and you know, we've had to deal with a lot of them ourselves. I know that when we, you know, before the takeover, there was a, a lot of issues in terms of getting hotels and getting the players to go down the night before a game. I think, was it the 2018 season or 2017 season? I remember speaking to Spencer when I was doing work at the club anyway, and he said that, you know, 14 of the 23 away days were overnighters, which is just a huge ask. And you can see the season that, Obviously, buying players has been a massive help for us, but the fact that we've been able to prepare for games properly, we've got proper infrastructure, a new medical department, you know, sports science has really been amplified at the club as well. The results are showing on the pitch, and it's not just about the money we spent on players, but the entire infrastructure is starting to, to pay off as well. Yeah, I mean, I remember speaking to one of the players, I definitely cannot throw him under the bus on here, um, who's still in the team now and still playing, who told me that, that so much has changed in terms of post-match fuel would just be like a, a chicken wrap, you know, just be a very, a very basic. Uh, whereas now, uh, I've written a piece actually for the fanzine coming up about it. We, they essentially have in in the bus now like their own Holland and Barrett store. They've got that many supplements and gels and, um, you know, nitrate shots two days before a game and, and all these amazing things. It's like a, some kind of science scientific experiment, these players now. It's It's amazing. I don't know if you saw this. It was a League Two story, Rich, and I know we don't read many of those, but this wasn't an overnight stay for Exeter. I can't remember where they were playing now, but they were so rushed with traffic and everything to get to the game that they and they didn't have a, a private chef with them that they ended up stopping to get KFC before the game. I think they won the game as well. I think they won like 3-0. But, you know, that isn't the way to go. So I think, we, you know, to get a proper nutritionist, and I know that the players earlier this season had a big presentation by the club about nutrition and you know what they should be eating and those are the kind of foundational pieces that will give you those marginal gains for example years gone by something like Weymouth on a Tuesday night we might have had to have just gone there and back I don't know for sure if we're doing an overnight stay but I would imagine they do 
Woking, I'm not sure again if they would come back or overnight stay. The, you know, it's a late game, but you know these kind of ones, I would think, are they going to stay after the game or come home? It's it's an interesting one. But what I think now, the money is there to, the money's there now to give Wrexham every chance, and to give us every chance. And you know, Chris was talking about your guide to promotion and and bits and bobs like that. You you have to give yourself as many opportunities as possible to do it. You can't look back and think. You cut corners because if you just get out of this league, that's why, for example, seeing today on my Twitter about you know Scunthorpe coming down, it's so devastating for teams that come out of the league because they know how difficult, how 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 easy they had it really in League Two. It's so difficult to come down, and it's absolutely now impossible to get back up. So, you know, if Wrexham can just get there, the habits that are being put in place now it means that any players that come now will look at this and go there's a flash new training ground being built the staff is second to none you know we've got Kevin Mulholland who's been at Southampton and Owen Jackson's doing brilliant work there I spoke to Owen recently really good guy doing brilliant work they're really popular with the players you know you've got we're talking about Jordan Davis eventually going on to play for Wales and Mullen and Palmer would be up there in League 2 it's Aaron Hayden, I saw somebody put Aaron Hayden's our best signing in 10 years. You know, as a championship-level defender now. Max, I think, was... Max was probably my one of my man of the match today at the Solihull game. I think he was brilliant. Um, but, yeah, off the pitch, Rich, it, it's, a, it's a really funny one. I remember... I'm, I'm waffling here, but I remember a player telling me that they actually don't really like them, this, this certain player in particular, because they said that they like their own bed. So, um, it's an inter- it's, it's for each to their own. I personally think that sitting on a bus for six, seven hours can be doing the players no good. So if you can stay over and walk around, I know South End they walked around the pier and, and all that sort of thing. So, look, why not? We've got to max out, Rich. It's still on. It's still there. This is, is parky time now. Is that what we're calling it? Parky time? Squeaky bum time? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's just time to push on, isn't it? And this is where we really be counted. I mean, the whole season will boil down to this. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm not sure what is on the horizon other than, like we said, that, that trip to Wembley and who knows, maybe a trip to the London Stadium as well, which... Yeah. Have you got binoculars? Do you own a pair of binoculars? Because I, I don't. I, mean, I feel like I need to invest. I feel that maybe we need to wait for it to be confirmed before we have our... And for us to actually be in the playoffs before we have our outrage on it. It's an absolute disgrace, I think, if it goes to London Stadium. It's so inaccessible. The all, Most of the teams in Midlands or Northern... I just, I just do not get it. And I, again, this is being recorded. Many of you will be listening to this on Saturday the sixteenth, which is of course when Liverpool play City. No trains running on Easter weekend. Two Northwest teams going down to Wembley to play a game that's already on BBC anyway. It just, I, it, I know that things need to be put in place provisionally, and you need to be able to get staffing issues. You need to be able to sort things out well in advance if possible. But surely there must be a way where. They can delay it and have a few options available to them so it suits the the teams who will actually be involved in it because, you know, if Wrexham get promoted, we'll be there no matter where it is in the country. Sure. That's just the dedication of the Red Army and we'll be supported. We'll sell out our allocation, I'm sure, for, for that, for any potential sort of playoff opportunity. But it's just stupid. It's just greed. And it's, it's just stupidity, really. Why? Why, why, why? I just don't get it, but... You know, if Wrexham get promoted, I won't care where it is. To be honest, no. What I would I w- say, what I would say to that, and I've I've said this to a few people on Twitter, and I've spoke to different clubs. You know, a lot of people were saying, and I was checking out various places that people were saying. So people said, 
Is it Villa Park? Is it Molyneux? Yeah, I was thinking asking, King know, Power or Villa Park would be the yeah, best. You know, the, these, kind of, these kind of places. Location. And what I would say is, people were saying to me at these, uh, not necessarily those clubs particularly, but people saying, look, pitches are being ripped up the second of the Premier League season ends, which is the same day as the FA Trophy final, May 22nd. And pitches are being ripped up. And then there's an earlier start to next season because of you know the World Cup and everything. So... If anything, the London Stadium came into play as an option because of Soccer Aid. Soccer Aid moved away from Stamford Bridge for obvious reasons with their sanctions and whatnot. Moves to London Stadium on June the 12th. It means that that pitch has obviously got to stick around for a while longer. So look, there'll be confirmation on that this week, I'm sure. The National League will no doubt give quote on, on why they've done it and and X, Y, Z. But look, it's a long way to go before then. We've got Altrincham. What do we got now? Let's rattle them off, Richard. We've got Altrincham on Monday. Then we've got Woking on the telly. Then we've got Weymouth, Southend, Borehamwood, Stockport on the Sunday. And finally, the tickets aren't out for this one yet, but dagging them away last game of the season. And I would love it. I don't sound like Kevin Keegan here, but I would love it if something came, if it came down to that last day where there was a chance. You know, maybe, maybe we haven't got the pressure on us. Maybe we're still behind, behind by two points or something. But if there's a chance, I tell you what, that would be, we would be descending to London on mass then. I'd say that much. Yeah, it'd be really interesting as well because after today's match, you know, Dagenham beat Barnet seven three in you know an incredible match. They were five 0 up at half time, then it got back to five three, and then they scored twice to make it seven three. Dagenham are lurking. You know, they are maybe the dark horses for for a playoff place. They are eighth in the table, four points behind Grimsby and seventh. You know, Dagenham. It, it, there is a very slim possibility, but there's a chance that the last day of the season could be Wrexham needing to win to win the league and Dagenham needing to win to get in the playoffs. We need we need to avenge that Paul Rutherford red card. I feel like the yeah, ghost and of I Paul swear Rutherford's there, red card. I swear there was a Ponticelli miss as well when we would got it back to 2-1 and we could have still got the playoffs even with 10 men. I'm pretty sure that there was, was. That was pure agony, that game. Yeah. You know, watching that, that, I mean, that was... And I just remember looking at, you know, the live table and Bromley got... Oh, that, you know what, in a weird way, whenever we do it, whether it's this year, next, whenever, whenever we do get out the Vanarama, there, the Vanarama is so bonkers that in a way you, you sort of might miss it a little bit. You won't really week to week because you want to go on to bigger and better things. But you you'll look back and Sunday. say, oh, do you remember that? But you know what I mean? You'll be like, yeah. what a ride. Like beating Dover, like, just the bonk, like the most ridiculous league in the world. It's that just game stupid. where we lost to Ebbsfleet after the players had refused to warm up. It's just losing stupid, to Telford four 0 We could do a whole podcast on like random, the greatest Vanarama moments. Yeah, moments. Yeah. But it, like you said, it requires on us getting out of it. Yeah. Who knows? It'll be sweet yeah. when it happens. It won't be as sweet, I hope, as the Easter eggs that you consume this weekend. I remember I've last got an year. Easter egg. Have you got one? Have you, uh, what? I yeah, bet you like pieces or something like that. What, no, what I do not like peanut butter. Do I'm, you not? I'm, okay. No, I'm a Cadbury's boy. Cadbury boys till I die. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, no, no I well, Easter, no, so Easter eggs only got... on the Sunday for me. I don't really? believe in the yeah, I do not believe in in having them beforehand unless okay, you're mate. going to Tesco or any supermarket and they've okay. got like a mini one for one pound because they are the best. They are the most cost effective Easter eggs you can get. The one pound ones where you get a small egg and a piece of chocolate. It's Work out your grams. That, yeah. They are that is the best value for money. Okay, Rich. Then to finish us off, um, what I would say, it's a very quick pod this one, but what I would say is. Score prediction for Monday. And also, Wembley tickets are selling like hotcakes. I know there's some people that are tweeting us worried a little bit about 
one per member and, you know, they want to get four together and all these sorts of things. What I will keep doing is I will keep sharing on Twitter. Anyone who puts a tweet out, you know, we're happy to keep retweeting those and anyone, you know, that is able to help, I'm sure they will try and help um, get tickets together. We've, the the upper tier tickets are have started to go on sale now. It's still, I think until the 28th, it's still the season ticket sort of priority window yeah. for per season ticket. Then it goes on to members, and I think then that runs until the 8th of May before it goes into general sale. Um, and again, we're looking at the upper tier. I think the very lower tier now, you're looking at one singles and spares. Yeah, um, and I think block tier. 134 has sold out now on the lower tier as well. Right. Um, okay. Second tier, you should still be able to get some some decent ones together. Um, I think lower tier, there might be one or two blocks as well where you, there's still a few uh, hanging about. But the thing is, what, if, if you want to go, there will be tickets. Twenty nine thousand initially, and I think there's more. The scope for more if you want them as well, I right. believe. So, if you want to go to Wembley, you'll get a ticket. Fear not. I know it's hectic, and the way they've had to do it, it's just difficult. It's, it's sort of a lose lose situation for the club. Don't have cause... a rich, don't have a rich fame meltdown, is what I would say. Don't, yeah. it's okay. You're not in Greece. You're not in a museum. You're not. In a... To be honest, of all the kind of Wrexham related meltdowns, I think people are going to have to go some to be. Meltdown in a Greek museum car. Meltdown that's in a museum. That is a yeah. That that's up there. But you've got them, Rich. You got them. You got what you needed. What did you? Who are you bringing with you? Who are you bringing with you to Wembley? Uh, so I'm bringing. Uh, so my mum is coming along with my stepdad. They are they're going uh, together. She doesn't know that yet though. So no spoilers to her. <laughs> okay. um, and then some of my school friends as well, um, who have been to record games with me since we were we were in high school together. So yeah, there'll be five oh, us coming from north wales for that one and then lots of friends who i know anyway are going to the game as well meeting up someone in london it's just gonna be a real party and hopefully another celebration on what's gonna be a, a, double, a season of double delight for us but like we said it's usually the bonus isn't the fa trophy but it i is, think regardless is. of what's happened this season or what does happen in the league that's just gonna be one day just to enjoy it the owners I'm will be del- there hopefully yeah. with their families and I'm we delighted can just for them. Win i'm delighted it. for them rich i'm delighted for them because you know, the playoff final not being at Wembley, if we make it, I'll say again. What I would say is, you know, they're going to get that big day at Wembley, which is, you know, Grimsby is is some of the best memories for some younger fans. So, you know, I, I would say it's as much for the owners to just soak it. I really hope they can get on the pitch before and really, you know, the documentary crew must be rubbing their hands together at Wembley. And I, I know BT Sport must be gutted that there's going to be Premier League games on as well because I think they would have liked to have gone big on this and be able to milk yeah, it and try they, get they Robin can't, Ryan to, they can't, to speak. They but... can't though, can they? They can't. No. Not with Premier League on the end of it. Well, I don't know. Unless, uh, we'll see. But Robin Ryan, look, their box office, wherever they go, it'll be a massive crowd. It'll just be strange. This is one for another day before we wrap it out. But, I mean, will a lot of people, will a lot of our fans go and watch the, the previous game? Will we be rooting for Littlehampton Town? I, Bonkers! Will people be in the in the in the pub outside? Will we get given Box Park? I know Box Park give one team, um, give one team the the venue, and it's two thousand. Uh, anyone who's not familiar with London, two thousand sort of spots in there, tickets and wristbands, that kind of thing. Um, and they usually give it to one team. They gave it to Rotherham before the Papa John's Trophy final. So, I mean, it would be a no brainer to give it to Wrexham over Bromley. I know I'm biased to say that, but be a cracking atmosphere in there. And yeah, interesting. I'm just looking forward to it, Rich. I, I love the ability to win trophies and I'd love to win the league and I'd love to get promoted. Of course I would over anything else, but this would be a lovely little bonus, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And that's why we get to watch football, to watch our team win matches and to, to enjoy it and to have these momentous 
days that you remember for the rest of your lives. And I've said before, you know, that maybe ultimately it boils down. We want to be in a higher league. But if Wrexham are winning on a Saturday, it doesn't matter who we're playing or what division we're in to a degree because you're there having fun, experiencing it as part of a bumper crowd. The Kairos is sold out. Everyone's smiling, having a good time. But then trophies on top of that, they solidify the progress, the work. There's something that the players, the management will never forget. And it's there. It's something in black and white that proves that you are the winners of something. There was no one better than you in that competition. So, yeah, I'm all up for the FA Trophy. I just hope I'm not in a museum when those uh, box park <laughs> tickets go on go on sale. I want to want to be able to get there if we do get that as our... I'll as sort our... you out, mate. I'll sort you out. I'll tell you, you what, then, what, as always, remember... Rich will sign us out properly, but as always, while I remember... Rob Ryan Red at gmail.com. Um, don't have to be related to Rich to send me nice messages. That'd be very nice. Um, Rob Ryan Red at gmail.com. And Twitter is at Rob Ryan Red. And if you want mine or Rich's personal, you can find us in the bio of the Twitter account. And there's lots of good things coming on the Twitter account, Rich, aren't we? I've been working hard on some graphics. And, yeah, there'll be loads of stuff coming up and hopefully a couple of interviews spread out between now and the end of the season. So, yeah, I'm excited, Rich. Monday's going to be a big one. Monday's a bigger, bigger. Yeah. It was Good Friday, but I'm not sure it was a Good Friday for Wrexham yet. We'll find out on Monday. Happy Easter to you all. Like Nave said, we'll be here every step of the way at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter, robryanred at gmail.com. For all your emails, we will have maybe a mailbag sort of episode where we get round to those and actually read them out. Thank you so much for your support. Have a nice weekend. We go again on Monday. We'll be back next week. Back to the boys. Make some noise. Iga exam. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.